You're going to find the word wicked or wickedness over a hundred times in the 31 chapters of Proverbs. And it's usually in contrast to the wise and the righteous. Throughout the scriptures, over and over, you read, guard your heart, watch your heart, keep your heart clean. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me. Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart above all else. That's a big statement. Above all else, guard your heart. Why? Because it determines the course of your life. Let's just make sure that none of these characteristics of the wicked are found in our lives. Let's be wise and not otherwise. Buenos dias, Orchard Church. How are you today? Good? Happy Father's Day. Okay, do you remember the last word that I teach you when I was preaching? What was it? No manches, thank you. So, today I'm going to teach you another word. Are you ready? The word for today is chido. Okay? Everybody says, Chido. Chido. That's right. Now, chido means cool. Okay? Means cool. This is in your notes. I'm just kidding. No, it's not in your notes. But today, I'm going to give you an extra bonus. Because we said chido in Mexico, but in Guatemala, they say chilero. Okay? Chilero. And it means cool, too. And in Costa Rica, they say chiva, chiva. And I'm not talking about the chiva of the weed. Because you, you say chiva to the marijuana, right? No, Gary, come on, you told me this. Okay, whatever. So, <laughs> if you are in Mexico and you see something that you like very much, you can mix these two words. You can say something like, no manches, que chido. Okay? No manches, que chido. And that means that you like it very much. Now, you have the knowledge now, but you have to be wise. Why? Because you can say this with your friends. If you go to Mexico, you can say this uh, with your friends. Hey, no manches, que chido. But if you are in a business trip, you don't want to say that word. You, you don't say, no man, just get you. You just say, I like it, deal, right? When you're in a business trip. So that was the word for today, chido. And I want that you keep praying for the Spanish ministry. We are now meeting every Saturday at 6 p.m. in our ministry center. So keep praying for this ministry. And we will be passing out flyers on July 11th. July 11th, and I need a lot of help, right? Because I want to fill all Commerce City South with uh, Spanish ministry flyers. So if you want to help us with this, you just take your connection card, and you can check the Spanish ministry box, and you can write something like uh, passing up flyers or something like this, all right? So you can help us on July 11th at 9 a.m. Do you want to help me with that? Yeah? Cool. All right. We are in this mini-series called Wise and Other Wise. 
And in this series, we are looking at five groups of people. All right, the first one was the wise, and then the wicked, and then the simple, the scoffer, and the fool. And in the first week, we look at the wise. How many of you wants to be wise? Everybody, right? So we have a promise of God here in James chapter 1, chapter 1, verse 5. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. And you know what? This is a very good news for me. If I ask God for wise, he will give me wise. And this is a very good news for me because I'm not a very smart guy. Uh, I don't have a very high IQ. I'm too bad trying to memorize in verses. Did you remember my testimony last time I preached about the drugs? Yeah? Well, drugs destroy. So here, no bien, no bueno <laughs> here. Okay? Sometimes I, 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 it's hard to me to try memorizing verses. So this is good news to me because maybe I'm not so good memorizing verses, but I can be good by applying that little knowledge that I have of the Word of God. Because knowledge is not the same that wisdom. Wisdom is when you apply that little knowledge that you have. You can have all the knowledge that you, that, that, that you want. But if you don't do anything with that knowledge, that's not wisdom. Maybe you don't have too much knowledge. Maybe you just have a little bit of knowledge about the God's word. But if you apply that little knowledge that you have, that's wisdom. Amen? Amen. Last week, we looked at the wicked. And we, we saw that the wicked has seven characteristics. Seven. Seven. See? Drugs. <laughs> we saw seven characteristics about the wicked. Okay? And, and we saw that God hates that seven characteristics. God doesn't hate the wicked. He hates the characteristics about the wicked. And we don't want to have those characteristics of the wicked people. Today, today we want to meet two kinds of people. The simple and the scoffer. And believe me, you don't want to be like these guys. The simple and the scoffer. Let's see the first one. The simple. Open your Bibles in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 15. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 15. And it says, the simple believes what? Every word. But the prudent considers well his steps. So the simple are people, and this is in your notes. The simple are people who, who believe everything and don't have a strong what? Convictions. They don't have strong convictions. They don't have strong beliefs about anything. They lack, they, they lack the ability to distinguish between truth and error. Charles Bridge says something like this. To believe every word of man, I mean, to believe every word of God is what? Faith. To believe every word of man is? 
And I don't like that word because in Spanish it's too strong, that word. We, we don't say that too much. But in English it's okay. You don't care, right? <laughs> to believe every word of God is faith. To believe every word of man is that, all right? You don't want to believe every word of man. You want to believe every word of God. And that's why we always tell you, you have to spend time with this book. We have to read every day God's word. We say, we say something like, Christians are followers of Jesus Christ. Well, how can I be a follower if I am not listening to his voice every day? How can I be like Jesus Christ if I, not spend, if I not spend time in his word? I want to be like Jesus Christ. I need to spend time in his words. I don't want to believe every man's words. I want to believe God's words. Amen? In the book of Proverbs, God calls them simples. But today, we call them something like gullible, right? Naive. They just believe everything. And they say something like this. If it feels good, do it. And this, this is in your notes. If it feels good, do it. That's the philosophy of the simple. In Judges chapter 17, verse 6, and this is in your screen, it says, In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right, where? In his own eyes. Well, I think this is right. I'm going to do it. Well, I think this is wrong. I'm, I'm not going to do it. We, we, we don't want to be like this. I don't think, I, 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 don't, I don't care what I think. I just care what God thinks. I don't care if I feel good or I feel bad. If, or I feel bad. If God says that this is good, I'm going to do it, right? I don't care if I feel good or, or bad. That's why it is so important for you to send your teenagers to the youth group so they can have very solid beliefs, so they can have a very strong convictions about their faith, so they can have their mind founded in the Word of God. You want this for your teenagers. You want this for your kids. You want that your kids stay in this world, in the God's world. And that's why you have to be a disciple, so you can have a strong convictions about your faith. And if somebody asks you, hey, why do you believe this or that? You don't want to tell them, because my pastor says, because my church says this. Because in my religion, we say this. No, you don't want to tell this. You want to tell something because the Bible says. Because my God says this and that. You know what? One of the values that we have here in Orchard Church is what does the Bible says? What does the Bible says? Because we don't want to hear man's voice. We want to hear God's voice. Amen? Amen? So we need to spend more time reading the Word of God. So why? Why are so many people like the simple and prefer to believe in every word of man instead of the Word of God? Well, Brooks Atkinson, 
say something like this. People everywhere enjoy believing things they know are not true. It spares them the ordeal of thinking for themselves and taking responsibility for what they know. In other words, people don't want to think. That's it. People don't want to think. Let, let me ask you something. If, if, if I tell you right now that I am God, will you believe me? No? Why? Am, am I too ugly to be God? Or why? Well, believe it or not, there are people that are so simple. Check this video, please. In a tattoo parlor on trendy South Beach, you did the 666 really big? Yeah. Sat the daughter of the man who claims to be God. He's back. He's here to teach us that we should reign in life, that there is no sin. And today we're honoring him with a symbol. Joanne de Jesus is one of several dozen members of a religious sect called Crescienda en Gracia, or Growing in Grace. They were tattooed on their arms, ankles, even their necks with 666 the biblical sign of the Antichrist. Why? Because their spiritual leader says he is the Antichrist, not the embodiment of evil, but rather the second coming. 666, Antichrist means do not put your eyes on Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Put it in Jesus after the cross. And that's you. That's me. And he says the word Antichrist is a bad translation of a word that actually means the new Christ, the second coming. Puerto Rican-born Jose Luis de Jesus Miranda founded the sect 20 years ago in a warehouse outside Miami. You receive it, you accept it, you confess it, and it's done unto you. The charismatic 61-year-old de Jesus claims millions of followers, most in Latin America. His sect does have hundreds of churches, cable TV stations, and says it brought in $1.4 million in donations last year and he boasts of a rapidly growing presence in the United States. In an interview with us in September, he declared, I do greater things than Jesus of Nazareth, much greater. Now, sporting his new tattoos, Seis, 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 Triple S. De Jesus says those expecting the second coming of Christ on a cloud with angels have misinterpreted what Jesus himself said. He said it. You won't see me anymore because he will come in another body, which is me. He's in your head. He's inside the tent of those people. De Jesus is dangerous, says religion professor Daniel Alvarez, because he believes he's God. These megalomaniacal uh, moves are the ones that are very disturbing because he shows that he does believe he's on hype and he's capable of saying to his members, go to 2666 on your arm. I believe he's also capable of asking his church members to do even something more dramatic that. Jesus laughs at the implication. They always say those things. They're going to keep waiting for me to kill everybody. You know? Right. I'm giving life to people. Can you believe that? That's crazy, right? And there are millions of people who believe this. There are millions of simple people. Now, this guy is dead now. He, he died in 2012, 2013. 
do you think that they, the, the, the people still believe in him? What do you think? Yes or no? Yes. No. Now they believe in his wife. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's, that's right. Now they believe that his wife is now Jesus Christ in a woman's body or something like that. That's the simple. That's simple people. People wants to believe men instead the word of God. You don't want to be like this. You don't want to be like these people. But you know what? If you just come every Sunday and you listen one guy speaking right here and you don't spend time reading this book, you are just believing in somebody here. You need to believe God. You need to believe God's word. You need to go home and spend time reading his word. You need to go home and spend time listening to his voice to see if everything that we say here is true. Because Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a relationship. It's a real relationship with God by reading his word and spending time with him in prayer. Amen? So the simple are simple because they reject the truth of God's word that gives them prudence. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 1. And this is in your notes too. The simple are simple because they reject the truth of God's word that gives them prudence. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 4. And this is the, the goal of, of Proverbs one of the goals of Proverbs, and is to give prudence, who? To the simple. To give prudence to the simple. Prudence means common sense. Prudence means common sense. And prudence is the opposite of the simple. You want to have prudence. You don't want to be simple, man. You want to be Prudence. Let's read Acts chapter 17, verse 11. Acts chapter 17, verse 11, and this in the screen. And it says, These were more fair minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the war with all readiness. And what? And searched the scriptures how, how often? Daily, they searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. You want to be like these people. You want to go to your house and see if everything that we said here is true. You want to go to your house and have a real relationship with Jesus Christ reading his word. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Don't believe me. Don't believe anybody. You have to believe. You need to believe God's word. You don't want to be a simple. Amen? Amen. Second one. The scoffer. The scoffer. In other versions it says scorner. 
Proverbs chapter 21. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 24. Got it? It says, a proud and haughty man. Now, I'm not talking about the haughty of the body, okay? <laughs> we are talking about uh, oh, another kind of haughty. That's another preaching. We are not talking about God's not great, okay? We are talking about the proud. A proud and haughty man. Scoffer is his name. He acts with what? Yeah. Arrogant pride. What's the definition of the scoffer? It's in your notes. A scoffer think they what? Know everything. A scoffers think they know everything. Nobody can teach them anything because they know everything. Who knows somebody like this? Don't point. Don't point anybody. Okay, if you don't know somebody like this, I want to show you uh, very quickly a video. I love your bike. Is that your bike outside? Yeah, I ride, competitively. Meet the one-upper. Anything you've done, he's done better. You ran a 10K? Just ran my third marathon. You rent, he buys. A loft, actually. You've been there, he's done that. Twice. This game killer will say anything to make himself look better in front of your girl. Do you think that's good salsa? Yeah, you obviously have never been to Ecuador. Ecuador? That's right. Now, who knows somebody like this? <laughs> they think that they know everything. They think that they are better than anybody. They think that they know everything. They don't listen to the people. They don't listen to the advice. You don't want to be a scoffer. Do you remember the, the first week of uh, Proverbs? We, we looked at the wise. And, and we, we, we tell something like, wise people listen to wise words. Scoffers don't listen wise people. And you don't want to be a scoffer. You want to listen wise words. I remember the first advice that my father-in-law uh, told me. By the way, do you want to hear the story about how I started dating my wife? Yeah, sure? OK. I was drinking a coffee with my father-in-law. His name is Joe. So I was drinking a coffee with Joe, and I, I thought something like, well, I think this is the right moment to tell him about his daughter. So I, I was trying to, to, to be a little bit spiritual, you know, uh, with my Bible here. In my <laughs> and I told him something like, well, Joe, you know, I have been praying a lot. You know that I want to serve God. I want to preach the gospel for uh, in the entire world. And I think if I want to do that, I need the right person as a wife. So I want to ask you if I can marry your daughter and start dating her. And it was a silence, like a minute. <laughs> My coffee was cold now, right? so, so please. And then he told me something like, <clears throat> do you know what? I think it's a good idea. Because my daughter wants to serve God too. She wants to be a missionary one day. 
So I think it's a good idea. I, I, I like this idea. But I want to know you a little bit more. So if you want to date my daughter, you have to date me first <laughs> for a year. And I thought, like, ah, that's, that's crazy. But I, I, I said, OK, that's fine. I will date you <laughs> while I am dating your daughter. And he told me, no. You have to hang out with me for a year first. And then, if you pass the test, you can date my daughter. And guess what? I was dating my father-in-law for a year. <laughs> yeah. I was paying for the coffees, paying for the movies, and everything like that. But let me tell you something. It was great, really. Because now, he and me, we have a very strong friendship. Now, he is one of my principal advisors. He is one of my principal mentors. When I need a very good advice, the first person that came to my mind is my father-in-law. And I love him. I love him a lot. So his first advice to me was, you don't want to get married with my daughter. Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> his first advice to me was, uh, don't get a credit card in your first year of marriage. Don't get a credit card in your first year of marriage. Why? Because you don't want to start your marriage with debts. So I had two options. One option was say something like, well, who are you? I am an adult. I'm going to start my family. I'm going to start my marriage. Who are you? Or say something like, well, I think he knows a little bit than me. I think he has a little bit more experience than me. So I'm going to listen to him. And you know what? I did it. I listened to his voice. And we didn't get a credit card for the first year. Nine years later, yes, nine. Don't tell my wife, she's not here. <laughs> nine years later, we don't have a credit card. We don't have a credit card. My philosophy is this one. If I got the cash, I'll buy it. If not, I won't. That's it. And you know what? Maybe we don't have too much money, but we don't have debts. We don't have any debts. And you know that that is a blessing today, right? So wise people always want to listen to wise words. We don't want to be like the scoffers. The scoffers can't find wisdom even if they seek it because learning God's word demands a humble mind. And this is in your notes. The scoffers can't find wisdom even if they seek it because learning God's word demands a humble mind. You have to be humble. If you don't want to be a scoffer, you have to be humble. You have to humble yourself. You have to, to, to tell God, God, I need you. You have to humble yourself and recognize that you need God. But you know what? You have to humble yourself and recognize that you need others too. Because we are a church. We are a body. We need others. 
and you need to be humble. Let's read Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 6. Proverbs 14, verse 6, and it says, As coffer seeks wisdom and does not find it. As coffer seeks wisdom and does not find it. Why? Because he is too proud. He is not a humble person. Scoffers show how spiritually ignorant they are by the way they respond to advice and corrections. Scoffers show how spiritually ignorant they are by the way they respond to advice and correction. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 9. Too many verses today, right? Why? Because you don't want to believe me. You want to believe God's word. Amen? Chap uh, Proverbs chapter 9, verse 7, it says, He who corrects a scoffer gets shame for himself. And he who rebukes a wicked man only harms himself. Do not correct a scoffer, lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love you. Chapter 13, verse 1. Chapter 13, verse 1. It says, A wise son heeds his father's instructions, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. Scoffers doesn't want to listen. When you try to teach a scoffer, you are just wasting your breath. When you are trying to teach a scoffer, you are, you are just wasting your time because they don't want to learn. They don't listen. Sometimes the, disciples, the discipleship must stop sometimes. Why? Because Sometimes we are discipling some people that are scoffers. They don't want to learn. They don't want to listen. Remember, what is a disciple? Disciple is a follower. Disciple is a learner. The scoffers doesn't want to follow anybody. The scorners doesn't want to listen and to, to learn anything. So that's why sometimes we need to stop the discipleship with some people. Scoffers cause all kinds of troubles wherever, wherever they go. And that's why you don't want to be a scoffer. They have troubles in their workplace. They have troubles in their family. They have troubles in their churches. Why? Because imagine working with somebody who is a scoffer. They don't want to listen to anybody. They think that they know everything. You don't want to be like this. In your workplace, you want to listen to your friends. You want to listen to your co-workers. I have been learning a lot here in the States. I had two options. Maybe I, when I came here, I, I could say something like, well, I have been youth pastor for 10 years, and you don't gonna tell me how to do it, the things. And you know what? That was in Mexico. I was a, a youth pastor in Mexico for 10 years. Now we are in another country, and believe me, work with teenagers here is too different than in Mexico. And I have to listen to the people that are doing the same job. 
Maybe I could say something like, well, I was, I was an assistant pastor for four years there in Mexico. Well, that was in Mexico. Now you are in another country. You have to learn. You have to listen people that are doing the same thing that, that you want to do. We need to listen in our workplace. We, you, you, you can learn a lot of your friends and, you, and your coworkers. In your family, today is Father's Day, right? But you know what? As a man, sometimes we, we are like scoffers. Because as a man, we think that anybody can tell us something. And we need to listen to our family. As a man, we need to listen to our wives. Why? Because we can learn a lot from our wives. Our wives are correct sometimes. <laughs> and this is in your notes. Sometimes. <laughs> you want to listen to your wives. And, and, and when, when they are right, they, like, they love to tell us, I told you, right? So that's why we need to listen to our wives. We need to listen to our kids. We can learn a lot from our kids. But you know what? Kids, single, you need to listen to your parents. Let me tell you this. You don't know everything. Your parents have more experience than you. You don't want to be a scoffer. You need to listen to your parents. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 34. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 34. And it says, Surely he scorns the scornful. Scornful is another way to say scoffer. Surely he scorns the scornful, but give, gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to the humble. In other words, James chapter 4, verse 6 says something like, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So now you have to choose. What do you want? Do you want that God resists you? Or do you want that God embrace you with his grace? What do you want? We need to humble ourselves. We need to recognize that we need God in, in our lives. We need to recognize that, that we need others in our lives. We don't want to be scoffers. There's only one thing that God can't do. And, and it is to work in a proud heart. God can't work in a proud heart. He just can't work in a humble heart. He will just work when you humble yourself and ask for help. If you want something different in your life, you don't want to be a simple. You don't want to believe every word of man. You want to be wise and listen every word of God. If you want something different in your life, you need to humble yourself and ask God for help. God, please help me. I don't want to be as careful, as, uh, uh, as, as Connor. 
a scoffer. <laughs> what do you want? Do you want that God embrace you with his grace? Or do you want God resist you as a proud man? Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence this morning. God, we don't want to be like the symbol of a scoffer. We want to listen to your voice and be obedient to your voice. Maybe this morning you want to make a decision. I don't want to be a simple. I don't want to believe everything. I don't want to believe man's words. I want to believe in God's word. I want to spend time every day reading God's word and having a relationship with my Savior. Maybe you will say something like, I don't want to be like the scoffer. I want to be humble. I want God to work in my heart. I want God to give me his grace. I want to be humble in my workplace, with my family, with my wife, with my kids, in my church. If this is your prayer this morning, I want to pray for you. Just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Okay. See your hands everywhere. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for these people that are making decisions this morning. Tell them to hear your voice every day through your word and have a real relationship with you in prayer. If you are here for the first time, and this is the first time that you have heard the word of God, or God has simply spoken to your heart, I would like to invite you to make a decision for Jesus Christ. And you know what? The first step is to have a humble heart and recognize that you need Jesus. Recognize that you need to be saved by Jesus. The Bible says that we have all sinned and we are all separated from God. Without Jesus, we are all dead in our own sins. And we have to pay for those sins. But God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for you and pay for your sins. And then he rose again on the third day and he wants to reign in your life today and give you eternal life. If you want to make a decision for Jesus Christ, you can pray with your own words something like this. Jesus, I know I am a sinner. I know that my sin separates me from you. But I believe with all my heart that you came to this earth, died for my sins, and rose again on the third day. And on this morning, I want you to come to my life and give me eternal life. I accept you as my, as my one and only Lord and Savior. With eye closed and heads bowed, I would like to know if somebody prayed this prayer for the very first time. I would like to pray for you. Just raise your hand. Somebody pray this prayer for the first time. I would like to. Okay, I see your hand. I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hand. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for these people who have just made a decision for your son, Jesus Christ. Help them to grow spiritually and help us as a church to guide them through this new path. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we celebrate decisions for the class this morning? Thank you, guys.